This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. A hot and humid one. Heat warnings out for the entire state. Heat index supposed to be over 100 degrees. I'm sure the beaches are probably already full at uh, nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, but uh, going to be a hot one. So if you're in the Northeast, just uh, take it easy today. I know part of the Southeast is getting uh, some pretty bad uh, uh heat and humidity as well so stay stay safe uh today is field of dreams day in major league baseball uh a game that was supposed to happen last year that was postponed because of the pandemic uh, is finally going to happen in the little town of dyersville iowa the setting for the famous field of dreams movie which is my favorite movie of all time you know i mean and and that's saying a lot i mean there's a lot of great movies but field of dreams without a doubt is my favorite movie it combines uh you know baseball of course is 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 the main theme but the overriding theme is a relationship a son has with his father and uh you know as a as a young man who grew up that uh, did not have a great relationship with his dad. I didn't have a great relationship with my father um, until my adult years. It wasn't until I got into my mid to late 20s that my father and I um, began to see eye to eye, I guess is the way to put it. My, My dad finally, I think, saw me as an adult and as someone that had accomplished some things in life. And uh, it was the first time that I remember, I'll never forget it, late late 20s, first time my dad ever told me he was proud of me, you know, and so, uh, and as a, a young man growing up that did not have a chance to have a catch with his father, you know, the main, the, the iconic scene in Field of Dreams, hey, dad, want to have a catch, I, I didn't play uh, baseball with my father, I did, we didn't have catches, my dad was too busy, you know, my dad always had something else going on, and and uh, it wasn't, and, and you know, ironically, as much as I didn't have that when I was a kid, as I got older and into my 20s, uh, my father actually played on a softball team uh, that my friends and I put together. We played in the local rec league in Ledgerd, Connecticut, and my dad was our pitcher. And also I got a chance to later on in life enjoy things I didn't as a child with my dad. So... When that scene in Field of Dreams comes on, when Hey Dad, want to have a catch? Um, I lost it, you know. And it's still—I mean, I've seen the movie probably twenty times, and still, when that last scene comes on, it's emotional for me every time, every time. So uh, the fact that they're having this game, I think, is great. It it brought 
a lot of some baseball history to people's eyes. They did a lot of people didn't know about the Black Sox scandal from 1919. They may have heard about it, but people didn't really know, and it in, it inspired people to learn more about what happened then. You know, and about how Shoeless Joe Jackson was banned from baseball for life. You know, and by all accounts, Shoeless Joe was not the most intelligent guy in the world. And he was the best player of his era. And he was accused of throwing the World Series with seven other teammates that were all banned for life from baseball. And when you look at it, it is hard for me to think that Shoeless Joe Jackson helped throw the World Series. You know, I mean, th- look, th- there was plenty of evidence that gamblers were involved, right? Um, and there was testimony that, you know, Joe Jackson had, you know, met with them and had accepted money from them. Um, but when you look at his performance in the 1919 World Series, it's hard to get where, how he threw the World Series, right? Uh, in the 1919 World Series, Shoeless Joe Jackson hit 375. He was 12 for 32, three doubles and a homer, six runs batted in. 375. Um, only struck out twice in 33 plate appearances. That does not sound like the stats of a guy that is trying to throw the World Series. But supposedly he did take money. He, you know, the, the claim was he didn't really understand what it was all about, yada, yada, yada. And at the end of the day, uh, he was banned from baseball for the rest of his life. He was banned from the Hall of Fame. A guy who was, think about this, folks. He was a 356 career hitter. He would go down, well, he's still one of the best hitters in the history of baseball. The year after the 1919 Black Sox scandal, he was allowed to play in 20, uh, 1920 while th- the process was playing itself out. 1920, he hit 382. This is a guy that hit over 400 one year. He had 408 back in 1911. I know it was a long time ago, but and the game was different then, but 356. It's amazing. You know, uh, a guy that would be in the Hall of Fame without a doubt if it weren't for the Black Sox scandal. You know, it's a shame. Um, but be that as it may, you know, the field, the, the movie Field of Dreams brought a lot of that out and, and brought attention to baseball history, as well as making a lot of grown men cry <laughs> thinking about their fathers. Um, the game today will be kind of cool. Uh, it is going to be, uh, the players are going to be wearing throwback uniforms from 1919s. It'll be the Chicago White Sox. So naturally with the Black Sox scandal, they're using the White Sox and they're going to be playing against the New York Yankees and they'll both be wearing uniforms, um, that were similar to, uh, uh, what they wore back in 1919. So it's going to be pretty cool. No question. And by the way, it's not on the original field that you see in the movie. The original field was just deemed to be too small. 
So they built a temporary stadium that literally is a baseball throw away. It's not like uh, they built it in another county or 10 miles away. They built it, you know, 100 yards away from the original field. Uh, And they built it to the dimensions of the old Comiskey Park where the Chicago White Sox played. They built the bullpen so that they would look like they did at Comiskey Park back in 1919. I mean, they did. Major League Baseball has done a lot of work here. I mean, they had to... uh, move all kinds of earth and, and bring in temporary stands. It's only going to seat 8,000 people. Tickets were on a lottery basis. Um, about half the crowd will be from the state of Iowa, which is even cooler because, of course, in Iowa they don't have professional baseball. You know, they have some minor league teams and some semi-pro teams, but Major League Baseball's never been in Iowa. So it's a great way for Major League Baseball to bring that product to an area that doesn't usually see it. Uh, so I'll be watching, uh, and I'll be rooting for the White Sox because <laughs> they're playing the Yankees because my favorite teams are always the Boston Red Sox and anybody who is playing the New York Yankees. So anyway, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to see that game tonight. It's been a long time coming, and I'm sure there's going to be uh, you know plenty of scenes from the movie. Uh, I From what I understand... Uh, Kevin Costner's actually there. There was a picture of him throwing on the field um, there. So, you know, but perhaps we'll see Kevin Costner throw out the first pitch. I don't know. I mean, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Uh, you know, it'd be neat if they brought back I mean, Ray Liotta, who played Shoeless Joe Jackson in the movie. Uh, so we'll see what they do, but uh, it's, it's certainly uh, going to be a lot of fun and uh, a spectacle. And uh, it's something this is something, you know, I, we talk a lot about some of the stupid things that Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball have done over the years. And the fact that it seems like half the time they don't even like the sport of baseball. This is um, brilliant. You know, this was marketing genius. And by the way, the, the whole idea for this, this was really kind of spurred on by the uh, a woman who bought the farm where that ballpark is. And she died of cancer, but even while she was undergoing cancer treatment, she kept communicating with Major League Baseball, pushing for this to happen. You know, so really looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, So we shall see. Anyway, let's move on to the Red Sox game last night. Um, I like to think of the game last night. The Red Sox beat the Rays last night. 20 to 8. Um and it uh it it, it wasn't as close as it sounds. Is that makes any sense? 20 to 8. Red Sox led this game 14 to 1. 14 to 1 going into the 8th inning. And then it it uh it got ridiculous. It was so bad. Tampa brought in their uh, uh backup catcher to pitch in the bottom of the eighth inning because they didn't want to use up another pitcher. And uh, <laughs> the Red Sox scored six runs off of a, a backup catcher, who, by the way, hit two guys. He, I, Although I'm not sure that either guy that got hit felt it. He lobbed up these little uh, lollipop EFIS pitches that that came in at uh, 35 and 40 miles an hour. So I'm not sure anybody felt it. But uh, the game wasn't as close as it sounds. <laughs> and the you know the Rays scored seven runs in the ninth inning off of Phillips Valdez, 
who is a, a for real pitcher in the Red Sox bullpen. Uh, Phillips Valdez may have earned himself a trip back to uh, trip back to Worcester after giving up uh, seven runs on five hits and a couple of walks. He gave up two bombs, including a grand slam in the ninth inning, so that uh, uh, Tampa could make it look a little bit more respectable. But this game was over uh, after five. It was five nothing after two. It was fourteen and nothing after five innings. It was great, you know, and it was just it was the first time in weeks that as a Red Sox fan, you could sit back and just breathe and enjoy the game. Nate Evaldi was great, gave the Red Sox exactly what they needed last night. Pitched seven innings, only gave up a run on three hits. The only run he gave up a Brandon Lau home run uh, in the sixth inning. He struck out 10, only walked one. I mean, he, he did exactly what the Red Sox needed, pushed his record up to 10 and seven. And uh, gave the bullpen, by and large, the night off. And they used Yaxel Rios and Pedro uh, uh, Preston Valdez, neither one of which is, you know, uh, a key player in that Red Sox bullpen. Um, Josh Fleming, <laughs> who started for the Rays, uh, took one for the team. He went three and a third, but gave up 11 hits and 10 runs. Just, he walked six guys. The Red Sox, in addition to uh, uh, putting up 20 runs, on 19 hits, also walked nine times and got hit twice. I mean, it just was uh, that kind of game. Nothing went right, and uh, they got back within four games of the Tampa Bay Rays after you know blowing a game the night before. So now you know what does it mean? It doesn't mean, and it means the Red Sox are four back. That's what it means. It still means the Red Sox have lost ten of the last or eleven, you know, ten of the last thirteen games. It still means that they're three and seven in their last ten. It still means they're four back. It still means they're only a game ahead of the Yankees in the wild card race. I mean, it, it, nothing really changed last night other than the fact that the Red Sox could feel a little bit better about themselves, and God knows uh, they needed it. J.D. Martinez, another huge game last night, four more hits. After the night before going 0 for 4, and the game before that going uh, having four hits as well, he's got his average all the way back up to 294. It was good to see. Uh, Bobby Dahl back with a couple of hits last night, a career-high five runs batted in, uh, a gift triple, a ball that looked like Randy Rosarena was underneath, and then all of a sudden the ball went over his head. I don't know whether the wind was blowing or what it was, but there were a couple of plays in the outfield last night where guys seemed to have a hard time uh, lining it up. So he drives in five, has a couple of hits, has his average up to 222. Ooh. <laughs> Marwin Gonzalez even had a couple of hits. He's got his average up over 200 now. Uh, you know, look, it's not always going to be this way. There's no, We know that. But uh, enjoy it while you can, Red Sox fans, at least for one night. I didn't have to hit the Tums bottle, you know. I mean, So I'm grateful for that. Um, other things, of course, with the Red Sox, uh, they announced yesterday that Garrett Richards has officially been demoted to the bullpen. He's not happy about it, but get over it. You've stunk. Those two guys are like 11 and 13 with an ERA of six. So it was about time. Tanner Houck is actually going to get the start today uh, in the series finale. It's a 4 o'clock game this afternoon. Uh, he will get the start for the Red Sox uh, as he takes Richards' spot in the line, in the. Uh, rotation, of course, Martin Perez going down with Chris Sale coming back. Chris Sale will make his first appearance on Saturday. Uh, so this rotation now, uh, the weak link, if you want to call it the weak link in the rotation, would be probably Tanner Houck, a kid that 
you know, is if you can get five out of them, you're glad, you know, or Nick Pavetta, one of those two guys. But even at that, they're both a huge improvement over Martin Perez and Garrett Richards. So, uh, again, so some good news there. Uh, other good news, Ryan Brazier pitched a scoreless inning in Worcester yesterday. How great is that? Ryan Brazier, who has been out all season, uh, had a, a calf issue in spring training, then working his way back, took a, a line drive off the head, so he had to then deal with concussion symptoms, and he's finally back through a scoreless inning yesterday, is going to appear for Worcester again probably tomorrow, and he might be a couple of weeks away from joining the Red Sox, which then gives the Red Sox another legitimate reliever in that bullpen. So as bad as things looked yesterday or two days ago after blowing that game, you know, all of a sudden you get the win last night, you get some positive news about Brazier, some positive news that Tanner Houck is finally firmly in that rotation, and then the news yesterday that Kyle Schwarber is going to begin his rehab start with Worcester probably today. Schwarber, who they got in the trade deadline deal with the Washington Nationals, might be a week or 10 days away from joining the Red Sox, and which puts another powerful bat into that lineup. So it's good to see, to have some positive things to talk about. You know, the other thing, and this has kind of gone under the radar, and I mentioned his name yesterday when we were talking about trying to find ways to jumpstart this offense. Yara Munoz, who's down at AAA for the Red Sox, a guy that came up with the Cardinals. The Red Sox got him uh, in a minor deal, and, you know, he, he's, he came up last year for the Red Sox, did okay for a little while, and uh, he's got a 32-game hitting streak in the minors 32 games he's tearing the cover off the ball in the minors uh you know the problem is the red sox don't really have a need in the outfield unless you want to think about sending jaron duran back down uh i don't think the red sox are going to do that because they like Duran's speed and and they want to see what they've got duran had a hit yesterday he's got the average over 200 and uh I, I think that he's going to stick. So, But what he does do, Munoz, if there is any kind of an injury to anybody in that outfield, they'll bring him up immediately. He's only 26 years old. He's hit. He's got, I think, like 500 or 600 career at-bats in the majors. He's like a 275 career hitter uh, part-time over three seasons in the majors and has torn it up every year he goes down into the minors. So that might be a guy to keep an eye on for the Red Sox, uh, if not this year. Uh, next year, but 32-game hitting streak. It's pretty impressive. It's the longest hitting streak in any level of baseball, minors or majors, um, all season. So uh, that's kind of cool. Another, some other good news. Uh, I mentioned Tanner Houck's going to pitch today. He's 0-2, 2-4-6 ERA, but he has looked very, very good. Uh, Drew Rasmussen is going to get the start for Tampa today. It's going to be a bullpen game for Tampa. Uh, Rasmussen normally in the bullpen it's going to be his first start in a long long time it'll it'll be an inning or two and then they'll just start running guys out there uh but uh red sox would dearly love to get that game today it means you win two out of three in the series get yourself back within three games and all of a sudden things don't look so bad as they did uh a couple of days ago and you know some of us that were on the ledge can can get off uh, the Yankees win, so they keep pace with the Red Sox. 
Uh, they beat the Kansas City Royals yesterday 5-2. to two. It is the 12th straight series that the Yankees have beaten the Royals. Uh, you know, they just, uh, <laughs> they just own them. Uh, so you kind of expected that. And they did it with uh, Lucas Litke, a reliever, making the start for the Yankees. They went with a bullpen game yesterday. Litke pitched the first two, and then they used five other relievers. Zach Britton picked up his first save as the Rollis Chapman is down uh, on the injured list with some uh, some issues. Uh, but the Yankees, uh, uh, five runs on 12 hits and uh, did it without hitting a home run. You know, the, the uh, Aaron Judge had a couple of hits, got the average up to 279. Uh, and a lot of the other regulars for the Yankees had the day off. Uh, Luke Voigt did drive in a couple more runs. He looks like he is picking it up. He had a home run the other night and uh, a, a two-run single yesterday. So the Yankees beat the Kansas City Royals 5-2. to two. They keep pace. And the Toronto Blue Jays keep pace as well. Uh, they destroyed the Angels yesterday, 10-2. to two. Everybody wanted to talk about Shohei Otani. They put him in the leadoff spot. Otani hit a home run. It was his 38th of the year. Uh, but it was the only hit he had in the game. And uh, unfortunately for Angels pitchers, uh, Toronto hit four home runs of their own, including two by George Springer. George Springer uh, now has 16 home runs this season. And, you know, you're going to say, well, so what? Uh, he has 16 home runs in 172 at-bats. You know, think about that. This is a guy who missed most of the first half of the season with, you know, an injury. He's only played in 46 games. He's played in less than half of their games and has 16 home runs, 35 runs batted in, and he's hitting 285. And there is no coincidence that since he came back, this team has taken off. This Blue Jays team has won 12 of the last 14 games. They are second in the major leagues with 172 home runs. They trail only the San Francisco Giants. And we'll talk about that. You know, the Giants just, I still can't believe what they're doing. But there is no coincidence that the Jays are doing as well as they are because George Springer has come back. Um, so you look at the standings, and the Sox are four back of Tampa. The Yankees are six back of Tampa, and Toronto is six and a half back. Man, you know, it's going to be a nail-biter. You know, the Red Sox right now are in the number two wildcard position behind the Oakland Athletics, but their playoff position right now is very tenuous because they are only one game in the loss column ahead of both the Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays. So a win today for Boston with uh, Tanner Houck on the mound would be huge. It's 30 minutes past the hour. We've got to take a break. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 32 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Hey, but we got football tonight. How about that? Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I got to be honest, and I, I'm sure uh, Dan Zampano, would, uh, our NFL correspondent, would be uh, mortified to hear me say this, but I'm not ready for football. Uh, you know, I am so in the um, uh, baseball frame of mind that the idea of watching a football game tonight just uh, – no. 
I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. I, you know, may, I, maybe I'll watch a little bit of it. I don't like preseason football to begin with. You know, uh, and the Patriots are playing uh, the Washington football team tonight. But I, I just I can't. Uh, I know Dan Zampano will watch every snap. I'm sure he's going to be all over this. Uh, and we're going to have him on. We probably won't do it tomorrow, but we'll have him on in the next uh, couple of weeks. And we'll start having him on every uh, uh, every Friday as we do during football season. But I'm just not ready. I'm just it's just too soon. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the the fascinating thing about it is, you know, to see what Cam Newton looks like. You know, I don't know how much we can take away. I mean, the, in the, the, the preseason schedule is shorter this year, so you're not going to get as many looks at some of these guys. Um, but it's going to be fascinating to see what Cam Newton looks like. You know, it was, you know, did he make strides? Is he healthier? Is he going to be better? And, of course, everybody wants to see what Mac Jones is going to look like, their number one draft pick. Uh, so uh, there's no question that there's going to be a lot of eyes on it. It's just that mine will not be one of them. By the way, the game is on the NFL Network tonight. It's a 7.30 start uh, if you're interested. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just I'm just not ready for that. Uh, and, and I suppose I could watch it, but the Field of Dreams game is on tonight at 7 o'clock. You know, and that's... Uh, that's going to hold my attention. It's on Fox, by the way. It's not on uh, uh, the regular uh, uh, the regular outlets. Fox is making it a national game because it is a big deal. There's no doubt about it. The 7 o'clock start uh, for the Field of Dreams game, so uh, uh, the Patriots are going to take a back seat, at least in my eyes, uh, starting tonight. Although, you know, and look, and, and I'd be, you know, an idiot if I didn't acknowledge that the NFL's king, and there's probably I would I would be willing to bet you that the ratings in the New England area will be higher for the Patriots tonight than for the Field of Dreams game, or maybe even for the Red Sox game this afternoon, because football in this country is king, whether you like it or not. Baseball may still be my favorite sport, and always has been, always will be, but you know the NFL. Uh, is more popular than the NBA, the NHL, or Major League Baseball, and it ain't close. You know, it's just a fact. Uh, all right, let's get back to games yesterday. How about the Mets? The Mets with a win. Uh, they didn't look. They looked. That was a, it was a resumption of a suspended game. They had only played one inning the night before. Washington was leading 3-1. They pushed it up to 4-1, to but then the Mets uh, come back. They tie it up in the third. They give it up again in the fifth. They had to constantly come back in this game. They finally win it 8-7. Uh, to seven over the Washington Nationals, a Washington Nationals team that sold everybody at the uh, uh, the trade deadline. The Nationals have dropped seven of their last eight, and you know, with the guys that they have playing right now and the guys that they have pitching right now, that is about exactly what you would expect. The Mets take advantage of it yesterday. Um, uh, Pete Alonso, who had been in an over-21 slump, had three hits yesterday, went three for five. Uh, Brandon Nimmo with a couple of hits. Uh, everybody just kind of chipped in yesterday. Brandon Drury, a tie-breaking single in the eighth inning. Uh, and despite being down three runs in this game twice, uh, the Mets come back to win it. It was a win that they desperately, desperately needed. Um, so now the Mets find themselves a game behind both the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies 
lost their second straight game yesterday after having an eight-game winning streak. They lost to the Dodgers for the second consecutive time yesterday, uh, eight to two. And uh, uh, David Price got the start for the Dodgers. Only went four innings, but <laughs> Price also had an RBI double in the game. Uh, but the Dodger bats have awoken. And if you are the rest of the National League West, you need to be a little bit nervous that Cody Bellinger seems to have finally awoken. Uh, you know, Bellinger, who's been getting a lot of grief, Cody Bellinger, who was the 2019 National League MVP. So it was only two years ago. This guy didn't, you know, suddenly start stinking overnight. But he's had a tough year without a doubt. He's only hitting one 83 on the season, but he now has an eight game hitting streak, uh, which, uh, is a, at, at a 10 for 30 clip. So he's hitting 333 over his last eight games with two doubles, four homers. This is the Cody Bellinger. Everybody expected, um, his last seven games, he's hitting 320. His last 15 games, he's hitting 250. But the previous 30, he's only hit 164. So, uh, but now with the uh, with a big day yesterday, it looks like the guy is finally going. And look, there's nothing that can get you going than a a sometimes having a great at bat. Believe it or not, and you know, and he had an at bat for the ages in this game, a 13 pitch at bat. And on the 13th pitch of the at-bat against Kyle Gibson, he crushed a two-run homer. And uh, the, uh, the Dodgers go on to beat the Phillies 8-2. to So, uh, again, it's, it's a good sign for the Dodgers if he uh, wakes up. Ranger Suarez is going to get the start in the season finale, or the, well, it is a season finale between these two teams, in the uh, series finale. Uh, and it's going to be a bullpen day for the Dodgers. Mitch White is going to get the start. Now, one of their relievers will will start it off for an inning or two. But Ranger Suarez, who is five and three with an 0.98 ERA, look, uh, this is a game that the Phillies desperately need. And I know it's you know we still have a long way to go, but the Atlanta Braves have come to life. The Braves have won eight of the last ten, and you know everybody talks about the fact you know, that they lost Ronald Acuna Jr. And, you know, let's push the panic button. But they also made some good moves at the deadline. They got Adam Duvall from the uh, uh, the Miami Marlins. Uh, a bunch of other, uh, a bunch of other under-the-radar moves. And this team is in contention. Ozzie Albies is bad as ho- awoken. He had a couple of hits, three runs batted in yesterday. They've been getting decent pitching. Tuki Dusan pitched yesterday, pitched pretty well over the first five, and then that bullpen, six, or excuse me, seven relievers. And uh, they end up beating the Cincinnati Reds in 11 innings uh, by a final of 8-6. to six. That is a big win. So now the Braves are in first place for the first time since August, or April, April the 29th. You know, this is a team that looked dead and buried. This is a team that spent most of the season under 500. They are now 59 and 55 and in a flat-footed tie with the Philadelphia Phillies. The Mets are a game back. So that talk about a division that's going to be fun to watch. 
I mean, those three teams are within a game of each other. And uh, the only difference, the Mets have played two fewer games. Uh, Atlanta and Philly both have 59 wins. The Mets have 57, but they all have 55 losses. So uh, the Mets just have a couple of games in hand. And by the way, the Mets um, were supposed to have a doubleheader yesterday. They won that suspended game 8-7. They were supposed to play a seven-inning uh, game for the second half of the doubleheader yesterday. It got postponed. So they're going to play a doubleheader today starting at noon. And when the season is over, because they have two more doubleheaders scheduled, that's provided no other games get rained out and they have to play another one. But they have two more doubleheaders scheduled. So at the, by the end of the season, they will have played 14 doubleheaders. No team in Major League Baseball has played 14 doubleheaders since the Milwaukee Brewers did it all the way back in 1979, 42 years ago, was the last time a team played 14 doubleheaders in a season. Now, granted, the doubleheaders this season are a little bit different in that you're playing two seven-inning games instead of two nines. Uh, but fortunately, I think they're going to go back to regular nine-inning games next year. But 14 doubleheaders. Uh, so, and, and that's, you know, there's no question that them being only seven innings is going to be an advantage for the Mets because, uh, you know, you think about it. That's, what, 28 games as part of doubleheaders where you're losing two innings every game. So that is 56 fewer innings that you have to get out of your pitching staff. In this day and age, you cannot underestimate how big that is. That is absolutely huge. Well, things are heating up in the American League West, the National League West. We'll talk about all that when we come back. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 44 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Before we get to uh, the American League and National League West, I just want to take a uh, quick second to recognize uh, Miguel Cabrera last night hit home run number 499 of his career. Uh, a guy that will be a first ballot Hall of Famer without question. He, you know, look, uh, he's taken a lot of heat. He's got a, he got a huge contract. He's 38 years old now. He's not the player that he was um, hitting just a 255 this season. But look at what Miguel Cabrera has done in his last 15 games. He's hitting 380. Over his last 30 games, he's hitting 300. He's He's the Ben the Miguel Cabrera over the last month that Tiger fans were hoping they had when they signed him to that long-term deal. You know, he there's no question he struggled last year, only hit 250 last year. Uh, the, he hasn't hit 300 since 2016. So he's not that player anymore, but it, this is still a guy that's a career 311 hitter. 499 homers now, 1,780 career runs batted in. Uh, no doubt going to the Hall of Fame. But right now, Miguel Cabrera is the Miguel Cabrera of old. The Tigers won the game. That's kind of an aside. Uh, they beat uh, Groton's Matt Harvey and the Baltimore Orioles yesterday 5-2. Uh, to two. And again, look, what the Tigers are doing, uh, only four games under five hundred with this roster is impressive. A.J. Hinch, to me, uh, will should be the American League Manager of the year. I don't know if he will be uh, because, I mean, this is a team that's under 500, but I think he should be. 
you know, again, uh, they've won uh, six of the last ten to get their record all the way back up to 56 and 60. And with the the bunch of, uh, and this is no disrespect to the Tigers, but with the with the exception of guys like Miguel Cabrera, you know, and maybe uh, Jonathan Scope and and uh, uh, J. Mark Candelario, maybe the, a lot of these other guys you couldn't pick out of a lineup, you know. Uh, so the fact that they are uh, doing as well as they are, Tarek Skubal, uh, one of their great young pitchers, six shutout innings yesterday. I mean, but a lot of these guys are not household names because the Tigers have been so bad for so long. But what the what AJ Hinch has been able to do with this Tiger team as the, as their new manager has been remarkable. So congratulations to Miggy, one more home run to get to that magic five hundred. But quite frankly, it doesn't matter. He's going in the Hall of Fame whether he ends up with four ninety nine. Or five ninety nine, and he's still got a couple of years left on that big contract, so he's not going away anytime soon. Uh, so you know, probably by the end of his career, he'll end up with you know maybe five hundred and fifty, five hundred seventy five home runs. Uh, but uh, and and you know what? The other thing is, is that yeah, he's struggled a bit the last couple of years, but you watch him. He still loves the game, still smiling, still carrying on conversations over at first base, and uh, and and by all accounts, a great human being. So it's it. He's a guy that you know. As much as he struggled, uh, you have to root for him just because he's a good he's a good dude. Uh, all right, let's get to the um, American League West. The uh, Houston Astros win again. They beat the Rockies yesterday five to one. Uh, Framber Valdez another strong start. Um, six innings, four hits, just one run. And uh, moved his record up to eight and three. The Houston bullpen does its usual uh, great job. Ryan Stanek, uh, Kendall Graveman, who came over from the Seattle Mariners at the trade deadline, and then Presley finished it up. Uh, but another strong start. And Houston's only going to get better. Um, Alex Bregman, their third baseman, who has been on the injured list for quite a while, uh, is close and may be back with the club by the weekend. That is going to make them that much more dangerous. Of course, Aledmus Diaz, who has been playing third base uh, in his absence, had three more hits yesterday and three runs batted in. So they're going to have to find a way to keep his bat in the lineup. Uh, Michael Brantley, by the way, three more hits yesterday. Uh, He leads the majors in games. He's got, I think, 18 games this year with three hits or more. He leads the American League in batting at 332. You know, Michael Brantley, uh, one of these guys that started his career uh, with the Cleveland Indians, 34 years old. I mean, everybody knows who he is, but they don't necessarily know how good he is. You know, this is a guy that just, he could fall out of bed and hit 300. You know, you look at Brantley's numbers, he has hit over 300 in each of the last four seasons. And the season before that, in 2017, when he was injured, he hit 299. So this guy just he can he just falls out of bed and hits, uh, and uh, so right now he leads the American League in hitting at uh, three thirty two. Uh, so big win for Houston, and they needed it uh, because the Oakland Athletics win again. The Athletics win their sixth straight game yesterday. They beat the Cleveland Indians six to three. Jed Lowry a three run bomb uh, in this one. Elvis Andrews had a solo shot as well. Uh, but a couple of runs in the seventh and a four in the eighth, they erase uh, two nothing and three two deficits to uh, extend that winning tre- winning streak. 
Uh, so the win for the Astros was a must win yesterday. Uh, their lead over Oakland now just two games. Very tenuous. Oakland has won six in a row and eight of the last ten. Um, so the Seattle Mariners win again as well. Uh, the Mariners uh, defeated the Texas Rangers 2-1 to one yesterday to stay in the hunt. They're still five and a half back in the wild card. Uh, but this is a Seattle team that, you know, again, if you're the Red Sox and you're the Oakland and you're Houston and the Yankees, I mean, look, they just keep hanging around. So uh, a, a big win for them yesterday as well. It was a Luis Torrens RBI single in the ninth inning that drove home uh, the winning run in that one. Now, let's wrap things up talking about the National League West, and let's talk first about the San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants win again yesterday, 7-2. to They finished their season series against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm sure they are very sad about that. Uh, actually, no, they haven't finished it. They still have three more games. They are 14-2 and against Arizona this year. With the win yesterday, the Giants move 32 games over 500. They are 73-41. and Let's put this in perspective for a minute. The 1993 Giants team that won 103 games, franchise record, uh, had just three more wins at this point of the season than this Giants team has. That 1993 team had Barry Bonds on it. Barry Bonds uh, had 46 home runs through 114 games that season. So they had 168 home runs as a team. This team has 174 home runs. Let me repeat that. The Giants in 1993, when they won 103 games, had 168 home runs all season. This year's team already has 174 with 48 games left. And they don't have... Anybody named Barry Bonds, they don't have anybody putting up numbers where, uh, you know, they're hitting 40, 50 home runs. You've got everybody in that lineup is capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark. And they did it yesterday four times. Uh, Just amazing. Buster Posey hit his 15th home run. Brandon Crawford had one. Uh, Lamont Wade had one. Alex Dickerson had one. And you look at it, and they've all, they're all in the teens. Uh, Brandon Crawford's got the most of that group. He's got 19 home runs this season. And, and it's just up and down this lineup. You've got a guy like Mike Yastrzemski that's capable of hitting 25, 30 home runs. You've got Chris Bryant in this lineup. This team is only, I mean, they show no signs of slowing down. And they won the game yesterday behind their bats because Kevin Gausman uh, was not great. He pitched five innings. He only allowed two runs and four hits, but he walked four guys. Uh, but still, the bats bailed him out. He picks up his 11th win of the season, moves to 11-5. and five. This, I mean, this team, this Giants team is absolutely amazing. Uh, they'll have a little bit of a challenge. They're going to lose Johnny Cueto. They put him on the, the 10-day IL with a right flexor strain. They're hoping he only misses one start, but, you know, again, uh, flexor strain can be, you know, a tricky thing. So they hope it's just one start because Johnny Cueto has been uh, like a new man this year. 
Uh, so that's the end of this series. So the Giants now move on to play the Rockies. So you go from playing the Diamondbacks, who are at the bottom of the division, to playing the Rockies, who are close to the bottom. Uh, Logan Webb is going to get the start today. Webb's been really good, 5-3 and three with a 3-1-9. And uh, as far as the Diamondbacks go, they go on to play the San Diego Padres. The Padres can't wait to see uh, the Diamondbacks. The Padres lost yesterday to the Marlins, 7 nothing. got shut out. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, seven shutout innings. He struck out seven, only allowed four hits. The question here is, if you are the Padres, at what point do you become concerned that you are not going to make the playoffs? Now, you would say that the chances are slim that they don't. The only team that could probably stop San Diego from making the playoffs would be the Cincinnati Reds. And the Reds right now are not trending in the right direction after the loss to the Braves yesterday. They've lost three in a row. But Cincinnati is only four and a half games behind San Diego right now for that last wild card spot. The Padres just are trending in the wrong direction. Fernando Tatis is still not back. They're talking about moving him to center field when he does come back to try to protect that shoulder. Um, But if you are the Padres, you have to be a little bit concerned, especially with the Jekyll and Hyde uh, pitching that you've seen from guys like Hugh Darvish, uh, from Blake Snell. They, They haven't been getting consistent pitching. Now, they're hoping... You know, obviously, you Darvish will pitch today against Arizona, and Darvish, his numbers, seven and six, his ERA in the mid threes, which isn't awful, but he started off the season terrible. So, they need to get better, more consistent pitching. But if you're the Cincinnati Reds, you've got to be licking your chops a little bit because this Padres team looks vulnerable. Uh, one other last note before we get out of here this morning: Corbin Burns yesterday for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, tied a major league record. He struck out 10 batters in a row. He ties the record set by uh, Hall of Famer Tom Seaver when he was with the Mets uh, when he struck out 10 straight San Diego Padres in 1970. And Aaron Nola, who matched it uh, last June 25th uh, when he struck out 10 Mets in a row. All 10 strikeouts that Corbin Burns got in a row were all swinging. So, uh, and uh, they went on to destroy the Cubs in this game, 10 nothing. But uh, pretty good accomplishment by Corbin Burns. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. I hope you all enjoy uh, your Thursday. Stay safe in this heat. We leave you this morning with some music from the Zach Brown Band. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.